This special coverage of the coronavirus crisis is brought to you by Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach. Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach 96734. The freshest, the dopest, the tastiest Thai food. Take out. Cannot eat in, but you can definitely take out that you will ever have in your entire life. Mention the Blue Hawaii, excuse me, mention the Blue Hawaii podcast and get uh, 20% off your entire order. That's Royal Thai Garden Eva Beach 96734 for all your takeout needs. Hey folks, Ryan here. Uh, Josh is not going to be on this episode because uh, he and I are socially distancing from one another and I have the gear at my house. So uh, you'll be hearing from me today. We were thinking, we were like, you know, how do we enrich the lives of our listeners who have so graciously blessed us with their time and presence? And we thought, well, what if just for once or maybe a few more times, Uh, we didn't just rant to them about what we think and feel about the world and instead talk to people who mattered. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Over the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing from a series of people who are uh, on the front lines of Hawaii's coronavirus response. Um, These are including people from the legal sector, the governmental sector, the medical sector, and the community organizing and community advocacy sector. these are, this is not an exclusive list of, of uh, sectors that we're willing to speak about. So if you've got people that you think that we should talk to and we're not, get at us. We're on Twitter at Blue Hawaii Pod. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram, Blue Hawaii Podcast. Um, get us on Gmail. You can email us, uh, Pod at gmail.com. We want to know who you want to hear from. We want to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, because we're all sheltering in place. So we've got nothing to do except, you know, make podcast content. So if there's somebody cool that you'd like to hear from, let us know. We'll get in touch um, and try to get them on. Uh, With that said, today you're going to be hearing from Senator Kai Kahele. Uh, You will probably remember him from the end of season two when we spoke with him about uh, his candidacy for Congressional District 2. That is the uh, U.S. House of Representatives seat currently occupied by Tulsi Gabbard. Um, Senator Kahele is the current favorite to win that seat, but today we are going to be talking with him um, as a state senator and a uh, Hawaii resident trying to make sense of this coronavirus crisis. Um, We think you're really going to like it. Senator Kahele, as you all uh, remember and have told us a million times, is incredibly likable and incredibly smart and competent, and I promise you that comes through on this interview. If you like what you're hearing, um, I'm just going to ask ahead of time rather than at the end. You won't hear anything from us at the end. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, please, by all means, uh, share the episode, uh, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. let somebody know about us. We're always trying to grow. The more more we grow, the better guests we can get. And we've already had incredible success with the limited listenership that we have. So just imagine what could happen if we got more. Um, with that said, uh, our, my begging for you to uh, help increase our social presence is over. And we hope you enjoy our interview with Senator Kai Kahele. Aloha. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the phone right now is Senator Kai Kahele. Uh, you may remember him from our earlier interview uh, last season. Uh, we spoke with him about 
uh, his candidacy, candidacy for Congressional District 2. That's uh, currently the seat currently held by Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, but this time uh, we're talking with Senator Kahele as the state senator for Senate District 1 on the Big Island, uh, which includes Hilo. Uh, senator Kahele, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, aloha. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. Good to speak with you again. Um, Senator, uh, you know, most of the news surrounding the COVID-19 crisis has been really Oahu-centric, but Hawaii Island, you know, has five cases of its own right now with more expected. Um, How is Big Island and specifically District 1 dealing with the very real threat that COVID-19 poses? Well, you know, I was one of those individuals that was directly exposed to Senator Nishihara last week, who, as many found out, um, was the first state center in Hawaii to have COVID-19. And so myself and Senator Rudiman and Kanuha had already come back to Hawaii Island. So unlike our colleagues on Oahu, we were not able to get tested on Oahu. And so it was a little bit of a struggle for myself personally to get tested here in Hilo um, because it was difficult to get a, a medical doctor, a physician to um, do the screening with and to actually order um, the test. So by the time I finally got that, uh, Hilo Medical Center on Friday had closed in the afternoon. And so I had to wait until Saturday, this past Saturday, to drive to Waimea, the North Hawaii Community wow. Hospital, which is run by Queens, sure. to get the COVID-19 tests uh, done. Um, I think one of the things as this goes by and now tomorrow is Friday, that is becoming more frustrating for me and many across the state to include my colleagues in the Senate who got tested on Oahu last week is that we still don't have our test results. So you still don't know still, all these days later, whether you're actually uh, positive I, for yep, the coronavirus. I, that's correct. I tested uh, about 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and today is Thursday night. And I have not received a call back from um, the doctor who ordered the test, uh, whether he has gotten those test results back or not and whether I'm positive or negative. So that means for the last, Six days, you know, I've basically been in self-quarantine here in Hilo, uh, trying to minimize my contact with my family. Um, but you know that uh, uh, that hasn't been easy. You know, sure. and for so many people across the state that have been tested and and haven't got their results back yet, I mean, it's that's just unsatisfactory. That seven days later, almost, I still do not have my test results back and. We should be able to do a much better job at that here, at Hawaii, here in Hawaii. And it's uh, between the clinical labs, uh, the diagnostic laboratories, and the state's facility. Uh, we are just not turning around tests and getting those results back to people fast enough. Um, you know, that actually, that brings up a, a, a good point. Um, the governor's office has taken a lot of criticism for its response and, and handling of the coronavirus crisis here in Hawaii. Uh, do you think that criticism is warranted? Absolutely. I think it's warranted. You know, the governor uh, is trying his best, but he's been very slow to implement uh, uh, things early on that I could think could have avoided what's happening now. And and in in many cases, uh, um, different counties doing different things and not having a standardized set of orders and instructions from the the state government. Uh, You know, the governor has many tools uh, available to him. And we have sent um, several letters to the governor, both the Hawaii Island delegation as a collective voice, and that's seven representatives and four senators, and the 
totals 11 of us that have sent several letters to the governor, several letters to the mayor. The entire state legislature um, sent uh, joint letters to the governor imploring him to take faster action. And uh, it's just been very difficult um, to get, um, you know, things to happen fast enough. And uh, I also don't think things are, in some cases, very well thought through. Such in as? In terms of, uh, well, I mean, putting in a 14-day quarantine order for people traveling to Hawaii from the outer, uh, from the U.S. mainland, um, I question how he would enforce that for international travelers. Sure. Since they don't fill out the Department of Agriculture form. How we would enforce it uh, when he said that the enforcement would be run by the counties. What, what does that mean? Is mm. he augmenting uh, state uh, sheriffs with county uh, employees? Is there coordination with county law enforcement and, and the mayors? That wasn't clear. Well, I mean, surely we don't have enough. We don't have enough sheriffs and and county law enforcement, anyways, to monitor all of the incoming visitors to Hawaii, right? Right. I mean, there's no. We have thousands of people a day, and there's, you know, there's there's so few county resources at that level. How are we gonna How are we gonna address uh, the um, the people that have corporate jets? Sure. That are that are that are. I mean, if you went to Kona Airport right now, it looks like it's Christmas. Which is typical for anyone that lives in West Hawaii. Kona Airport is full with Gulfstream 5s, Learjets, the rich and famous wow. that fly to the Big Island and all have second home, multi-million dollar homes at Kokio and Hualalai and different uh, um, locations there. And that's what Kona looks like right now. Wow. It's full of corporate jets. It's full of Learjets. And... Um, Many of those jets had already arrived prior to today's quarantine. But what happens if there is a a uh, corporate jet that's coming in from San Francisco or from Seattle that sure. decides, hey, you know what, let's pack up the family, let's head to Hawaii, let's go to our house in Kukio. Uh Do they get quarantined? Who's meeting them? Mm-hmm. How is the governor working with the FAA to track all incoming flights, both U.S. domestic and internationally, coming into the Hawaiian Islands? What are we doing about people that have yachts and boats? Um, because as I had heard from the Manele Bay Harbor Master on Lanai last week, that there were yachts and boats trying to enter Manele Bay uh, when the state um, division of boating and ocean resources had closed all state harbors. Wow. And, and they were coming in from Washington State and from Oregon. Uh, and, and so how are we handling that? So I, I just don't think the details were well thought through when the governor implemented that order. And, and how about this? I mean, what about, so the governor made the announcement at three 30 in the afternoon this past Saturday, that he was implementing this order for a 14 day mandatory quarantine, mm-hmm. but it was not going to go into effect until 12 one AM today on Thursday. And he took a lot so of what heat about for all that. The flight, what about all the flights on Saturday and yep. Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? What's the difference with a, individual that had arrived from New York City or from Washington or from California yesterday versus one that arrived today uh, and missed uh, getting into Hawaii before the quarantine window when we know the incubation period for COVID-19 is anywhere between 7 to 14 days. Mm -hmm. But we have no visibility and we're not tracking that person that arrived on Wednesday because we didn't require them to quarantine. We didn't inquire, require them to um, 
fill out the ag form and we have no accountability or visibility on who they are or where they are i mean you're you bring up you know very very salient points um and i think i think that's one of the things that uh that our listeners have been most upset about too i mean just looking at our facebook page and the comments that we've been getting on on those sorts of things is you know you this is an emergency if your if your house is on fire, you don't say my house is on fire on a Saturday. I'll start putting out the fire on Thursday. You put the fire out immediately. And I, I think that there's been a bit of a like you said, there's been a, a bit of a coordination failure there, and uh, it doesn't seem well thought through. Um, now I re- now you're right, but I I realize that the governor wanted people to leave Hawaii. Sure. And he wanted to allow local residents on the U.S. mainland to come home. Yeah. Okay, I get that. And and. Could it have been a little bit sooner? I think so. It, it uh, didn't have to be on Thursday. Maybe it could have been on Tuesday. But what I would have said as part of that press conference is that my staff has identified every single commercial and cargo aircraft coming into the state of Hawaii from this very moment until this quarantine goes in, into effect. We know how many flights are coming in. We know who those carriers are. And we are working uh, so that every one of those passengers coming into Hawaii between now and when the quarantine goes in, into effect, they're getting um, uh, a screen, a surveys um, occurring. We're meeting them at the airport. We're checking their temperature. Uh, we're tracking their information. We know who they are. And this is how we're going to track people coming into Hawaii from this moment until that quarantine goes into effect. And uh, that way we can make sure that we have healthcare professionals checking up on them to make sure that uh, you know they're not experiencing any flu-like or COVID-like symptoms, but we didn't do that. There was zero accountability between Saturday and, and this morning at 12:01 a.m. and uh, and and I penned a letter and I sent it to the governor on Sunday night, and I said we need to do this. And uh, uh, you know I I was um, very grateful that the um, you know director of transportation of airports division called me Monday morning. And Major General Hara called me also on Monday to say, we got your letter. Uh, many of the things you said um, are, are absolutely true and make, make sense. Uh, we're trying to implement them, but, but frankly, we're, we're doing the best we can. And, um, and that's, that's where it went. Well, so uh, you mentioned uh, Major General Kenneth Hara um, of the Hawaii National Guard. Um, he has been sort of spearheading Hawaii's coronavirus task force um, and Chad Blair from Civil Beat reported earlier this week that uh, Major General Hara has been um, leading the the charge uh, after Lieutenant Governor Josh Green was uh, sort of fired, so to speak, from his position on uh, on the task force. Does it worry you or concern you at all that that our you know Lieutenant Governor, who's a, a well-regarded, renowned a medical doctor is no longer on Hawaii's task force for coronavirus, or or at least wasn't as of Mr. Blair's reporting. Yeah, I mean that that deeply concerns me, and I was very pleased to see that uh, Lieutenant Governor Green was uh, a part of and and was one of the lead speakers at Governor Ige's press conference uh, today. And from reading in the media reports, it looks like the governor and the lieutenant governor have met and they have talked through some of the challenges that you just outlined, and it seems like they are both on the same page. You know, right now is not the time for politics. It's not the time for um, big egos. It's the time to bring the best and the brightest resources to this fight so that we can 
um, uh, you know, prevent any more COVID-19, um, uh, you know, spread in the Hawaiian Islands and we can get our economy and our lives back. And to sideline a resource like, uh, you know, Lieutenant Governor Green and the medical expertise that he has, and uh, like you said, you know, very highly and well-respected medical doctor in the in the community. Um, I'm not sure what those conversations were like, but it was clear to me that uh, for a period there, he was not part of that senior leadership team and part of the uh, uh, decision-making process. And I, I'm, I'm glad it looks like he's, he's back on the team. Well, so uh, we've been talking a lot about the sort of the lowlights of uh, coronavirus, the, the response to coronavirus here in Hawaii. Uh, have there been any bright spots that you've seen uh, from your perspective? You know, I mean, the fact that we have now taken some of the most uh, um, draconian measures in the country, you know, uh, to, to great detriment to our economy, is 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 i think a good thing uh the the fact that we don't have widespread community spread of COVID 19 in our community is a good thing that our numbers are relatively they're not uh they're not low by any means i mean one case is too many but i think it seems like you know we have uh an initial handle on it um uh as far as the the, the virus goes and and if we're able to contain it or not i think it's the you know, the things that worry, that keep me up on, at night are the people that have uh, lost their jobs, the people that have been furloughed, the over 80,000 that have now applied for unemployment, wow. um, the businesses in our communities that have shut down. You know, I just uh, talked to a labor leader here on Hawaii Island um, just a few hours ago that talked about the thousands of hotel workers on the Kona Coast that have all been furloughed. Uh, some of them uh, found out today uh, that they may not even have health care, uh, that they have lost their job and will not have health care. Wow. And, you know, so th- it's those, you know, my wife, who's a Hawaiian Airlines flight attendant, she has been furloughed uh, and, and will be without work, along with 2,000 other flight attendants. You know, my uh, daughter's preschool, um, where my daughter was should have been back in school this week after spring break. That has closed until the the fall and the 2020, 2021 school year. Holy smokes. And so that's 35 families. That's 35 kids. What happens if uh, everything miraculously goes back to normal after the April 30th uh, governor-imposed deadline and and we go back to work? Where, Where are our kids going to go for the whole month of May and for the three weeks in June when our preschool has closed down? Right. So it's, it's that it's 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 uh, the real challenges that people are facing right now and uh, the uncertainty for the near future. And so that's what I've been focused on here on Hawaii Island in, in um, spearheading our Hawaii Island delegation uh, to answer exactly that. You know, how can we help families that have been severely hardshiped by this crisis? Uh, and, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's at no fault of their own. Well, Senator Kahele, it's it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and I know that the residents of Hawaii Island and specifically uh, Senate District 1 are very grateful for your leadership. Uh, I have to ask, though, I, I know our listeners are going to want to know, uh, you've taken your COVID tests and you haven't got your results, but are you symptomatic? Cause I know people told us they really like you. They're really going to care. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, right now, and I've, I've, I've done a couple of Facebook Live um, uh, uh, chats at night, and, and right now I have 
zero symptoms and I feel fine. And um, all the other colleagues of mine that were around Senator Nishihara uh, have all tested negative. Others have still not got back their tests yet, but I feel fine, you know. And so, you know, we just um, continue to wait and we're kind of in this holding pattern. And um, and it's 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 tough. You know, this is this is something that none of us uh, have ever expected. And it's been so fast and and furious and has come at us like a like a, a, a you know just a um you know a tidal wave that we just cannot uh you know react fast enough and, and that's that's the hardest thing right now well senator kelly again thank you so much for your time i'm very very grateful and uh we wish you well and we hope that you stay healthy and uh that in a few weeks that we can get much better news on the the state's response and our numbers but until then please take care of yourself and, and thanks again for coming on you bet. Thanks for the opportunity. All Mahalo right. to everyone. Mahalo. Take care. Bye-bye.